Hello, and welcome to the EMS Improv Podcast, where we engage, where we are mindful, and we share or tell our stories. I'm Eric Chase, and we are powered by GEMS. Today, our guest is Dr. Michael Smith. Dr. Smith is an academic hospitalist at the University of Nebraska Medical Center. Dr. Smith also teaches and performs at the Backline Theater in Omaha, Nebraska. Dr. Smith, not only is he a fun-loving family man and an outgoing and outspoken uh, lover of improv and the gifts and tools of improv, he's founded Healthcare Improv LLC. He does leadership and community, uh, communication courses for individuals and organizational uh, components. And he also is involved in faculty development. So without further ado, I wanna say thank you, Dr. Smith. Um, we met via Twitter and we have overwhelmingly exceeded our, I think each other's expectations of where a collaboration and relationship can go based upon social media to the point where we're even going to do um, presentations and engagements together, uh, including the Explore o Oklahoma Healthcare Summit in uh, August in Norman, Oklahoma. So Dr. Smith, thank you for your time. I know you're busy. You have to get to your staff in about an hour. Um, I want to thank you for taking the time, sharing your passion and, and telling people about your story and why improv has been impactful for you, the people that you bring it to, and how we kind of joined together to bring these gifts to people. Thank you. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for that very lovely introduction. Um, yeah, and so I, I do really think it's funny that we met uh, on Twitter and social media and uh, the amount of kind of positive aspects that uh, our uh, sharing ideas together has uh, has birthed uh, has been a lot of fun for me. And so, uh, yeah, improv uh, is uh, has been also provided a lot of fun for me. And so it, uh, it's been a, a journey since uh, since I started. I uh, had no real background in theater um, or no theater experience growing up. Uh, and my wife and I lived in New Orleans uh, for a residency and worked for a bit uh, and moved back to Omaha to be closer to family. We had one son at the time um, and uh, wanted to move back to be closer to them. I was kind of disappointed moving back to Omaha. I grew up in Omaha and love Omaha dearly, but was uh, very sad to leave New Orleans. Um, and I had torn my ACL playing adult men's soccer at the end of New Orleans or at the end of our time in New Orleans. And so I uh, was kind of um, not mopey, but uh, lost a sense of my identity because I had always played sports, uh, continued that. Um, and that Christmas, my wife got me uh, level one uh, intro to improv lessons at the back line for Christmas. Um, and so I was like, oh, okay, I'll give this a shot. Uh, and I did it. Uh, and it was wonderful. I had fun. It was, uh, I look forward to it every week um, and just kind of kept doing it. And that spring, I went to a conference. And I told one of my mentors that I was taking improv classes. And he's like, oh, I'm sure that really helps you as an academic hospitalist. And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, of course it does. But I had no idea what he meant. It was just um, <laughs> like uh, a fun thing for me to do. I didn't see it as like uh, a greater um, pursuit than just something to a hobby to get me out of the house, have some fun. Uh, and then I think shortly thereafter, um, I had started using some of the techniques in practice at the job, like just how I introduced myself to patients and was what we practiced at the start of a scene uh, in improv practice. And so I just started doing that. And uh, at our monthly meeting, uh, they listed the HCAP scores, which are just patient satisfaction scores. Mm -hmm. And I had the biggest jump of anyone in the group, um, which at first I was like, oh, nice, nice job, Mike, that uh, the improv stuff is working. Uh, but then also I was like, well, I thought I was really good at this stuff before. Like, why, why did it require this to take such a big jump? And I kind of realized that the improv practices and the skills that we we're practicing in improv class uh, 
revealed uh, maybe some weak spots for me that otherwise would have just been like an acceptable loss if uh, my career had continued on uh, without uh, the experience of improv. Um, and then, uh, so I, I kept doing that, kind of kept doing improv exercises with my team, uh, which I'm on service right now. And so I have a team of, of upper level resident, two interns who are graduated from medical school and then some amount of med, med students. And then they would always enjoy it. Um, and I stress the importance of communication, what we do. Um, and then in 2017, I had five cancer diagnoses within my family. Um, it happened like month after month after month. Um, and so I was, I feel like this comes up a lot, but uh, people in healthcare finding themselves on the other side of healthcare and just like the um, intense experience that is just to see how um, people are treated and the experience of it. And I, I definitely saw well-meaning, well-intentioned, uh, smart, good uh, members of the healthcare field cause harm to my family in the way that they communicated. Um, and so that was kind of like a call to arms for me that uh, improv helped me get better at communication that I didn't even realize I needed to do. Um, and it was a fun way to do so. And so it was in 2018 that I started doing these faculty development workshops and have kind of just done whatever workshops or talks that people will have me do um, ever since then. And uh, just, um, maybe I think it was in 2020, the end of 2020, I finally got on social media and tried to connect with other people. And so that's been uh, a fun and interesting process. And uh, yeah, meeting Eric has been great. Uh, he's very supportive of the things that I do. And I love all the stuff that he's been doing. Um, and so to get together and collaborate has been uh, a lot of fun. Dr. Smith, you, you've shared a lot. And, and as you've been talking, I've been feeling and, and, and also writing things down. And for me, hearing what you're saying and feeling what you're saying, I, I'm much more able to, as I've gained uh, skills through improv and, and the ability to feel empathy, um, hence I chose the word feeling because my body, I had a visceral response as I heard you telling your your story and, and why of improv. And then, you know, just alone hearing that the H, A, HCAP scores went up or or that you having gone through with your family these five cancer diagnoses and seeing something that was a, a prevailing weakness, not, not in knowledge and, and scope of practice and ability in, in medicine, but the human frailties and the human connections uh, running away from or trying to cut the ties of just transactional interactions and, and improving and creating um, interpersonal connection and relational interactions, even if it's for 15 minutes, five minutes, seven minutes um, with our patients. And in an emergency medicine, I may have up to 30, 35 minutes. You may have seven, 10, 12, 15 minutes, um, depending on how many people uh, you're, you're having to see rounding and all the other uh, things that you have to do. Um, you had mentioned something and, and I'd like to digress for a second, but on, on the notes, um, of having or being kind of in a position that you were mopey. You had torn your ACL after playing soccer in Louisiana. I'm also a soccer player, by the way, until nice. I had I had my fifth uh, ankle surgery this past oh. January. Um, oh. Trying to play beach soccer in Mexico last June <laughs> didn't help. Yeah. Um, but I, I found myself, and in, in, if you'll allow for just a, a little um, latitude here, since sure. I want to talk about you, but... The, the thing for me, I found myself in a position that I did not know I was in, whether it was mopey, uh, low-key depression. Um, and it was also, interestingly enough, December, that, that month. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was December of 2016. We had a beautiful grandchild that was going to be one in January. Uh, my wife came home and, and she told me un unequivocally, uh, and, and after I was apparently not actively engaged with her, that I needed to find my joy. And it was something that was piercing to my spirit, my soul, my heart. It, it hurt. But yet at the same time, it was the most 
important thing that I could have heard from anyone uh, up to that point in my life. Uh, it's just over 50 years old at the time uh, to, to realize that uh, I'm not the, not the best thing since sliced bread. I, you know, <laughs> I, I'm not all these things that people, you know, admire us or put us on these pedestals for the work that we do and in medicine or emergency medicine and public safety. Um, we aren't more than who we allow ourselves to be. And more often than not, we're masking our, our true identities with burdens and wearing facades or wearing armor that protects us from being our true selves. So you, you expressed a level of vulnerability saying you, that you were mopey. You were, you were talking honestly about yourself. And what I, what I want to ask you is when you recognize this and your wife gave you this gift, were you immediately perplexed that, oh, this might be interesting? Or, or are you a gamer and you were just like, I'm all in because this is something that, that uh, my wife got and thought it would be cool? Um, yeah, that's a, that's a really good question and so many interesting ideas in there. Uh, my, my wife is an excellent gift giver. Um, and so this is in a long line of interesting and unique gifts that she, she got that um, kind of pinpointed who I was. Um, and so I had maybe in passing said, I'd like to try something comedy related. And I, I am a avid uh, like uh, movie quoter. And I like most of my college friends and I talk only in movie quotes. Um, and so it was very fitting. I, <clears throat> I don't know because I, I still have, uh, I, I get nervous around public speaking um, still. Uh, in my last year in New Orleans, I uh, taught a bunch in front of like 50 to 100 people. And so I think that made it that much better. And also improv environments are very supportive. Um, and mm. so the the fact that I was... Uh, kind of uncomfortable with public speaking, um, way more so at the time when I started. Um, I was uh, hesitant, but uh, very curious about it. So it it matched up with who I was very well um, in my interest, but there were some hurdles that um, I would say the environment of improv is so incredibly supportive um, that it was very, it was welcoming. Mm. So, so to hear you say that, and, and now we're kind of putting the, the, the rubber uh, to meet the road for the people that have been listening or waiting, like, tell us about the improv and why you guys do it and how it works, right? Um, well, we can get to that. And, and, and uh, I, I love that, that you're sharing your story and, and giving me an opportunity to have this conversation with you. One of the things that you mentioned, though, is that, that, that support and one of the things in improv that I found and, and you and I have spoken about is the quote unquote psychological safety that it gives, because if you're yes, and it, and, and ladies and gentlemen, big, uh, big drop right there of, of some really important information in improv, we accept things, even if we don't agree, we say yes to them in some way, shape or form, and then we add to it. <clears throat> so if we're not saying no to people, if we're not saying yes, but to people, and I think we can talk about that more specifically, accountability conversations, meeting with your students, uh, meeting with your loved ones, having conversations with children, grandchildren, or whomever you're around, it creates a reduced amount of tension. Like you said, your, your anxiety is reduced, particularly when you're in these supportive organizations and groups of people that really say, I've got your back and we'll have your back, at least in the constraints of, of improv and the yes and techniques. So when you went to class, did you feel any anxiety? Did you feel any, any discomfort? Yes. Okay. So how did, how did, how did <laughs> yeah, you address yes. that? And how did improv uh, specifically with you? And, and, and then I can share a little bit. How did the improv itself, despite it causing anxiety actually was part of the gift and the tools that you've used to get out of it. And I think we just brushed upon it a little bit in the psychological safety piece, but what other aspects of that um, 
would you mind sharing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the the class uh, I was I was not the oldest, but I was uh, one one of the older ones, um, and so there are a lot of young people, and a, there was a guy who had just had uh, heart surgery, and this was kind of his um, saying yes to living in the moment. Um, and so the, I think I was always, I was very anxious through those first classes, but the fact that I, uh, had so much fun in the classes and the coaches telling everyone like, this is one of the kind of first lessons that our, our coach would tell us is make sure to trust ourselves, like just learn to trust yourself. And as I was coaching uh, the level one, level two this past year, I, I found myself repeating that to them and just so, to see them grow to touch, trust themselves uh, what reminded me of what I, I went through. Um, I, I don't know when specifically the anxiety went away, um, but it's not really there now as it comes to um being on stage and uh it's helped me with public speaking quite a bit because i mean i still get excited but uh, i wouldn't describe it as anxious any longer uh the the one time i was anxious was uh there were a bunch of uh, medical residents or people that i'm in charge of training and teaching their medical education uh they found out when one of my shows were and they they came to it and at the show i we hand out candy at the very beginning of it. And mm -hmm. so we're, I'm handing out the candy and I see one and I was like, Oh, that, that's okay. And then all of a sudden the whole place was filled with people that I worked with. And so I felt an intense uh, need to like, if I'm not funny here, they're going to be making fun of me behind my back at work. Like I won't be able to escape this. That's, and that's kind of the benefit of imp improv shows is even uh, a bad show. It's never going to happen again. And so you just, keep moving to the next one. But I was worried about that one um, impacting my, my time at work, but it, it ended up being a fun show and uh, they, they didn't make fun of me to my face about it. So. And, and I think that's positive in and of itself, because I think right. we, we as human beings, <laughs> sadly, no matter what our age and education and experiences are, uh, we're, we're not always nice to people. And I, and I think, the, one of the things you hit on, and, and ladies and gentlemen, just so you hear this, and this is like if you were taking a test at the end, um, listen closely here because this will be on the test. Uh, no test, no test, however. Um, <laughs> failure, right? You know, so we all have failure in our lives. And uh, the one thing that I found through improv that helped me, and it sounds like it was uh, impactful with you, is, you know, even if it didn't go well, it's, you're never going to have that experience again, and you can learn from it. And improv teaches you to kind of celebrate failure. And if you can extrapolate that in the, the role of play, which is, I think, very impactful. And, I, and I'd love to talk about the role of play uh, here in a little bit and, and the impact it has on creativity and collaboration and rules and hierarchy and, and all those types of things. When, when you trust yourselves, when you're not trying to break the game, when you're being your authentic and, 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 and we'll say vulnerable, uh, I'm a big Brene Brown fan and, and we'll tell yeah. a lot of the things that she does and even have done presentations and leadership courses on the power of vulnerability and, and, and yes, and, oh, um, yeah. or, or the strengths of vulnerability. So the things that you're hitting upon for the, for the person that has not heard of improv for leadership or improv for, um, personal development or improv for empathy uh, is Dr. Smith talking about his story and his individual growth and using the tools and the gifts of being present and trusting and accepting things, even if you don't agree with them and yesing the people. Uh, and, and I think maybe we can do a few specific things to show people that, that are asking the questions. Um, when I use this with uh, PA students back in January, uh, mm -hmm. when they came in for some testing. So we were doing static and dynamic cardiology and, and I was leading both those classes. Um, but I also try to bring in the improv principles using them 
actively when they're doing uh, stimulation training and oh, making yeah. things relational. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I told them from the beginning of, of the class for the eight hours of that day was, I am only going to yes and each of you. And the expressions and the relief <laughs> and, and the pressure that was relieved from them uh, oh, yeah. what was amazing. And, and even if you don't tell them that they're going to be doing an improv exercise or, or this has anything to do with improv or improvisational theater techniques, right. when, you, when you offer somebody, um, I will accept what you give me and we will have a conversation. I'll add to that. And that's how feedback loops happen successfully. And that's how people then are willing to have uh, an acceptable accountability conversation. So for when you're teaching leaders or, or people that are going to be leaders, how to, how to have these conversations, you are then bringing the people that they're talking to, to a much better position uh, to have things uh, that they need addressed and, and to then be more willing to improve. Because what's one thing, if, do you feel that there's things that if you're, if your administrator says, hey, let's have a conversation and they don't ordinarily call you up to their office, what are some of the, tell me three things right off the top of your head that go through your mind. Uh, what have I done? Uh, okay. Am I being fired? Okay. Uh, I thought, I, I, what, did I, what did I miss? All right. So in that <laughs> hot second, right, you, your level of anxiety pops up. You just improv yeah. improvisationally though, shout out three things. But those are all this, those things that bring visceral feeling. Um, yeah. And that's what yeah. sadly happens when we don't have or provide our peers, our subordinates, those in HR, those in training and development. When, when we're not implementing and utilizing these tools, uh, these improvisational theater tools uh, to normalize accountability conversations, to listen to what people are saying, to not shut them down, to not turn them off. And uh, we go automatically to, uh oh, I've done something wrong, um, or yeah. what did I miss, or shoot, am I getting fired? I interestingly enough, I, I got a, a text yesterday from a fire chief down in uh, in uh, Florida, and he said, "Hey, did you just get off shift today or yawn shift?" And I said, "Nope, just got off this morning." He goes, "Great, um, I, I'd like to call you in a little bit to to go over some stuff and get your input." And in my mind, I'm like, "All right." Well, I didn't get a letter saying, you know, because I'm, I'm <laughs> doing two presentations at the first there, first to care conference in Seminole, Florida in June. And yeah. we're going to talk about improv and the essential skills that, that I believe that it provides in, in a lot of cases, the transactional versus relational kind of perspective, et cetera. But in my mind, I'm like, all right, <laughs> am I getting cut? Am I getting, yeah, what's, yeah. you know, where, when's the, when's the shoe going to drop? Right. Right. And, uh, so he called him like, hey, Chief Stevens. He's like, Eric, you know, do you have a good shift? And, and interestingly enough, I said, you know, uh, I had a patient that, uh, that I believe was uh, experiencing uh, definitively Guillain-Barre syndrome. And it was the first time that I had one, like where it actively happened from walking to the pins and needles from the kind of the feet up to the, you know, to the progression over the four days to where he had uh, flaccid body uh, paralysis, unable yeah. to continue to walk. And how it affected wow. his restaurant. So all of these things. And so you're thinking about the, uh, the etiology, the, um, the, uh, the root cause, you know, is this, uh, that, that all these questions. Right. And so, right. Like, man, that's a great catch. I said, so I'm about 30 minutes from the hospital. So I want to talk to uh, the ER doc because if I have to take the airway, I'm going to take the airway. And, and this is just kind of, uh, as an aside, um, and I know I'm going on this little tangent, yeah, but at the same I time, it. I don't want to take away the airway if I don't have to, but I want the person to be as comfortable as possible because uh, we went from respiratory rates of over 40 to down to five to blood pressures of over 200 uh, systolic to over 180 diastolic down to normal tensive when these, you know, rolling kind of pains or tightening of the body or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, flaccid or paralysis kind of moments came in. And uh, one of the things that improv has taught me is to be comfortable being in my own skin and to know that I don't know everything and seeking input from other people. And so I'm like, you know what? We have protocols, but at the same time, I have a physician for which I am going to the ER with. 
And for those that don't know, when I say emergency medicine, yes, paramedic, I do have a bachelor's degree. I'm getting an associates of science uh, to move into the, the RN uh, world here within a year. Um, I'm very passionate about patients and medicine. And back to the point, I called and said, I don't want to do this if I don't have to, and this and this and this. And he said, you know what, just to make them comfortable, I get it. You know, so what have you thought about a milligram of Ativan? I said, I have, but because this is my first real experience with Guillain-Barre and it manifesting uh, to this point uh, and is, you know, back and forth between hypertensive, hypotensive, tachypnea, to um, hypoventilation, you know, I, I don't want to push him one way or the other. You know, I kind of want to let it ride out. And, and allow the things that are going to happen to happen. And, and I think that's one of the gifts that, and that improv has helped me with is to be more comfortable in the unknown and, and to be more curious and then be yeah. bold enough to ask questions and to admit that I don't know what I don't know. Um, so for me, that's one of the reasons that, I, that I've taken the opportunity to bring these improv tools to first responders and PA students and working with you now, we're going to do this for physicians. Uh, and I think the titles are important, but as I digress, coming back to how you felt when I asked you that question, if your administrator or manager calls you and, and you go immediately to what did I do? Am I getting fired? What did I miss? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, I, that's, uh, again, so much great stuff in there. The, um, so yeah, improv has helped me both giving and receiving feedback and kind of melding improv ideas with kind of best practices or literature on the, the individual topics. So the book, Thanks for the Feedback, has uh, been uh, <clears throat> really, uh, really, really changed how I give feedback and how I receive feedback. Uh, funny story about it is I uh, was getting coffee and I uh, was supposed to go around shortly. And I ran into a guy I went to med school with and hadn't seen since then. We used to ride bikes together. It's a great guy. Uh, and I, we ended up just sitting and chatting for like 45 minutes off the cuff. And he recommended this book among uh, other parts of a great discussion. And so I said yes to him in that moment. And then that book uh, really has informed how I look at feedback. And it brings up uh, the idea of um, people have two uh sometimes competing desires. One is to uh, be seen exactly as how, how they are, that they're good enough and they're meeting expectations and people enjoy who they are. Um, and then everyone also wants to get better. And so I identify with that. I want to get better at everything that I'm doing. Um, I recognize that I um, do not have all the answers. Um, and so someone can provide me with insight for, for me to get better. And I also get anxious uh, anytime someone says, hey, I have some feedback for you. Or like every year in my performance review, I um, have some level of anxiety, not a ton, but uh, that, that balance is kind of challenging. Uh, the idea of saying yes to someone's reality and kind of let them know that their reality is accepted uh, and that they're appreciated uh, as part of the feedback process. Uh, can help. It, it's really changed the way that I give uh, feedback and receive feedback. Um, the just that idea of yes, yes, ending them in regards to their performance and what is their reality and how are they experiencing things and what would they like to get better at. Um, and then I can build off that as opposed to saying you need to get better at this. This was good. This was bad. It's first understanding their reality and the skills that I've learned in improv have really helped me kind of uh, be able to better understand my learner's reality. And then also uh, when I'm getting feedback, I can communicate my reality um, a little bit better or more clearly. Um, and so that's been super helpful. Uh, and the, I, I loved what you talk about being okay with uncertainty. Um, I often say improv and the skills that we practice are kind of scaled down versions of uh, the communication challenges that we have in life. Um, and so the, the idea of stepping onto the stage with no idea of what is in the other person's head and what is going to come next or what I'm going to do, uh, and just kind of 
needing to take little clues and take whatever, whatever I can get and being okay with it and just be in the moment. Uh, there's nothing that I've experienced that uh, matches that feeling of just stepping out onto the stage with no idea what's going to come and then making something wonderful from it. And so the feeling that feeling and the feeling of reward that you get when some something joyous happens from uh, that risk that you took and being okay with it has uh, made me more okay with uncertainty and putting myself out there in other aspects of my life uh, that I've enjoyed. Um, as I hear you speak, it's, it's, it's like I go back to that time in 2016 uh, to when my wife said, you need to find your joy. Um, you need to be happier. You need to look for the positives. Uh, you need to put yourself in position to be psychologically safe, to, to train yourself, if you will, to see the positives and things. And, and that brings me to a point where mirror neurons, right, where we have uh, this mirror neurons in our minds and, and the studies for like the last 10, 12 years up in, in uh, Harvard and, and other places around the world uh, with neuroplasticity and, and how we're kind of Wi-Fi connected and we as humans are more inherently looking for the negative or, or to be reactionary, you know, self-preservation mechanism, as opposed to looking for the positive things and the positive traits and, sure. and the blessings kind of that, that may be out there. And, and it's a mindset change and, and it's, a, it's a physiological change um, to condition yourself to think and look for and see uh, more of the positive and do the negative. And then you can start having that wisdom and discernment to, to say who you're going to exclude yourself from or the energies that you don't want to be around. And, and one of those energies is isolation, right? Where we're in constant uh, flow. Um, and, and that's one of the things in your presentations that I really like that I'm, I'm going to incorporate into some of mine. And I can't wait till we do that one together to really yeah. see and feel how you put it all together. Um, but in, we're, we're in, when these flow states, right? Um, isolation is, is a place. And one of the articles that you shared with me, it is just, uh, you know, mistakenly seeking solitude or, or I use the word isolation and how mm -hmm. that, uh, minimal social interactions lead to belonging in a positive effect. And, and these are all things that improv helps us do, even in that state where we come to it with anxiety or social, uh, social cues that, that, uh, or affective disorders that may not, uh, fit with, you know, the in crowds kind of, uh, permission or, you know, positivity or, or what have you. Um, yeah. I would love yeah. to ask you a, a million things, um, as we're talking and, you know, we've talked about kind of yes and accepting things. Uh, we've talked about adaptability um, as a default response, but not saying it that way. And that's one of the things that you do in your presentation is using adaptability as a default response. And I'm wondering for, for the listeners, if you could, uh, talk about that and put it into some words or some of the actions, or maybe even one of the games, uh, that you've done in, in that. And then maybe we could share a game with people and, and how that the role of play and the right and left brain integration kind of brings us to that position where you are teaching adaptability and making that in that, in that state of flow, uh, a, a default response that we can go to or harness that power. Yeah. 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 So my, one of my main uh, kind of points is that uh, there's a quote attributable to, I think his name is Archilochus, uh, but it's been attributed to anyone under the sun, like Abraham Lincoln or any, anyone else. Uh, but it's, we don't rise to the level of our expectations. We fall to the level of our training. Mm. Um, and so that kind of, again, has been the biggest impact that improv has had on my life is it's raised the level of my training. So like, I'm, I'm still like when I'm on vacation, I'm still very pleasant to be, I'm very pleasant to be around. I'm who I want to be. Uh, things are easy. Um, maybe prior to improv, if things were challenging, I would be a little more grumpy or not uh, as uh, positive to interact with. Whereas now I can kind of uh, 
be more empathetic when someone is yelling at me, I'm looking to understand them rather than to point to them and say, I'm going, this is, uh, I'm mad too. Uh, and so the, the two, my two first workshops that I do with faculty development each year is one is empathy. Um, and the main point is, of that one is kind of developing uh, that sense of saying yes and to uh, the people that you encounter, patients, colleagues, et cetera. And then the next one is adaptability. Uh, and that to me is saying yes to the situation that exists um, and then adding your principles to it. And so figuring whatever your principles may be, um, use that to guide your way forward. So adaptability isn't like, uh, just letting whatever happened to you and kind of making the best of it. It's seeing reality as it is and accepting it and then moving it in the direction of your principles or how, what brings you the most joy. Um, and so I think for that, that one, uh, I have a lot of games with um, several rules uh, that kind of use uh one of them I know is called squadrons. And so for that game, a person stands in the middle um, and has to mirror the movements of the person in front of them. So like then it invariably they end up just dancing. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the person to the right asks personal questions and the person to the left asks like basic math questions. So we say addition, subtraction, some light multiplication and definitely no division. Um, and then the person behind you, uh, you have to free associate with the words that um, they say. So if you say summer, someone may say sun. Uh, and so all of that's happening at once. Um, and people are always very anxious and uh, kind of uncomfortable stepping into the middle person. Uh, but then once they kind of get the, the flow of things and uh, how things are going, it uh, becomes quite fun and they start kind of answering all, all of the questions and kind of get into that flow once uh, they get over kind of that initial struggle, struggle part. And so that's one of the examples that we do in our adaptability workshop. So thank you for sharing that. When, when you talk about adaptability, for me, it brings up um, being able to effectively uh, deal with whatever is given. And one of the things that I believe that improv, one of the many things in, in the, it, it, it is correlates, <clears throat> excuse me, to resilience, because I think uh, the things that I want to go over here that uh, are attributable to improv and the improv training and uh, improv theor- theory and practice is also resilience. And when we're doing this training with uh, peer support teams, fire agencies, law enforcement agencies, We've had psychologists, counselors, caseworkers taking these courses to better learn how to unmask, to unburden yourself, unbridle yourself from some of these social anxieties or, or other things. But there's, there's a sense of optimism, self-belief, uh, self-control, right? There's a willingness to adapt when, when you're surrounded by people that uh, are supporting you in that psychological safe environment of the gifts and tools of improv. Um, you then have an ability to solve problems because you're now core collaborating and, and you're uh, allowing for the co-creative process to happen. So you're yes anding people and ideas continue to build. Um, emotional awareness, and I, and I love it because empathy is one of the things that we bring in our trainings that also mirror what you do uh, for physicians is how that nonverbal in many cases, uh, how our interpersonal reactions uh, are more acceptable to others. And yet if it's honest and real and, and that kind of baseline vulnerability of just humanity, um, people see that we can be uh, or, or have empathy and it's easier than to be relational with them in that time that we're with them. It certainly provides social support and you've hit on that. Um, yeah. Certainly a sense of humor. And, and I am not funny. I'm not one of those uh, performers that, that is inherently funny. I'm not a comedic type person. I don't have the timing, the nuance or things like that, but improv has helped me to kind of get over those fears too, because if it's real, it's real. And if it ends up being funny, then it's funny. 
but I'm not worried one way or the other if I'm going to make somebody laugh because I know in myself I'm not inherently funny. Um, improv and resilience, accepting what you can or cannot control and just flat out doing the best with what you get. Um, as, as, as we continue to grow our relationship and, and use improv, uh, we see posts and things like that. And one of the things that I heard is like, forward-thinking schools, and we know Northwestern and the Allen Alda Institute and, and, and other places that use and do improv, but uh, you and I are still on the cutting edge of, uh, of bringing these tools to a much water, wider audience, and, and our relationship and working with people that are uh, artistic directors at improv communities that don't know or don't have the bandwidth or the relationships that you and I have, and pairing with these, like my mentor, uh, she and I are going to do a, a presentation in DC on Monday. Uh, we'll leave this Sunday and it, it's going to be leadership. It's going to be resilience. It's going to be listening, um, connection, collaboration, engagement, all of those pieces kind of encapsulated into uh, the presentation uh, of thanking them for what they've done over the last two years. Um, it's the American Ambulance Association Stars of Life event. And these people have all been recognized by their peers or someone in the community for exceeding the expectations and bringing them the gifts of improv and the tools that you are aware of and how it's changed you and will continue to change you as, as you walk this earth and, and learn and grow with people and create, create relationships. Um, I'm frankly honored and humbled that we have this, you and I, Dr. Smith, this opportunity to work together um, and, and to share this gift and, and to share improv and to not shut one another down, which is so easy in, in our world to be dismissive of other people. We didn't really touch upon it. And, and I know you and I've said yes and, and what we understand the techniques, but Dr. Smith, say, say you had a, a first level class in front of you and, and I was your, um, your peer support team or I, or I was your, uh, your liege, if you will. Um, do, doing, doing what you need to do to support you. Um, how would you explain to the class before you tell them what they're going to be doing? You kind of just do these icebreakers, you know, because we go through this fight, flight, or freeze mechanism and, and uh, that anxiety that comes up. Let's say your, your, your class is already warmed up and they've done these physical and mental and verbal things all kind of together and everybody's heartbeats are up. Uh, but they're excited, they're smiling, they have a, a visceral response, they've heard a few funny things. When somebody wants to know what really yes and means, can you explain that if you had, if you were picturing yourself at the class in front of you um, and kind of how you would bring that to the message for our listeners that don't have any idea about what improv can do and how impactful it can be for their organization or for their team or for them individually, if we were to come do a class or our workshop with them. Yeah. Um, so I, I've kind of started saying that yes. And is a path towards being in the moment. Um, I think it encapsulates so much of what, uh, people recommend for good communication. And most people are like, Oh yeah, do that, do that. Yep. Yeah, I, I can do that. Uh, to me, yes. And is an actionable step that I can work on to be in the moment, um, with whomever I'm communicating with. Um, and the idea of, uh, trying to understand their reality, seeking to understand rather than to be understood, uh, is kind of historically how it's been said as a good idea. Um, and so it, and also I'm a participant in that I'm not withholding myself, uh, I think a lot of times when people talk about yes and the focus is on just saying yes, and that is an essential piece, certainly. Uh, the and portion is just as essential and committing myself to the conversation that I'm in um, and not withholding. Um, I need to give my communication partner a place or something for them to agree with and allow them to yes and. If I just say yes to whatever they're saying, it's not going to be nearly as fruitful. I have to bring myself to the moment um, and include myself in that. Uh, and kind of, as you, as you said, or talked about the, there are places that are, are doing uh, improv work in educating healthcare providers. 
I, I really, really truly believe that uh, the things that have helped uh, improv has helped me with are what you hear being major issues throughout the healthcare industry, uh, burnout, uh, people feeling a lack of meaning uh, in what they do and just kind of taking uh, uh, checking boxes and just kind of going, going through the mo- motions, the transla- transactional interactions, as you said. Uh, and there were like patients feeling like they're not even getting anything from their doctors or the communication with doctors or uh, their healthcare team is poor uh, or uh, they said the wrong thing. Those two areas, I feel like improv have helped me uh, tremendously and in ways that I didn't even know needed help. Um, and so the, and you talked about uh, uh, not needing to be funny on the improv stage. And I, I think that can't be understated that the humor in improv um, comes from a sense of connection that develops between you and your scene partner. Um, and so the same skills that I use to connect with my scene partner when I step out on stage, not knowing anything, uh, the way I kind of find my way and joy um, is birthed. Uh, the same skills uh, create meaning in my interactions with my patient. I find uh, truly understanding them and listening to them and adding something of value to them and getting on the same page and building uh, a plan for their health. That's why I got into medicine. That's why I wanted to be a healthcare provider. Um, and so the skills of yes and uh, will help you if you're kind of lost in the woods on stage and are forced to do an improv scene. Uh, if you use those exact same skills when you meet a patient, uh, I think EMS, uh, emergency medicine, uh, is another perfect example. You're just meeting someone. You don't know all the details, but you have to, there's a whole story that is, has happened and you need to kind of enter into that, uh, saying yes. And will help you find meaning and, uh, purpose in the activities that, uh, you're, you're doing. Um, and so that's, that to me is the idea of yes. And it's being present in, uh, creating meaning and connection, uh, with, uh, the people that I interact with daily. Dr. Smith, my, uh, my heart's overflowing and, and I'm smiling from ear to ear. Um, as, as I hear you convey, if you were conveying to your students, I, I also could tell, even though I'm not looking at you, we're, we're doing this via Zoom, um, your body language would have been receptive to others and you wouldn't have had walls up and, and you're, you're exercising vulnerability. And one of the things... Uh, that it made me think of is, you know, the greatest gift that we can offer other people is our truest and our most authentic self. And improv yeah. has done that for me. I know it's doing that and has done that for you. For and sure. what we can share with other people is, is that, um, that true, honest self, where when we look in their eyes, if I have to share a quick story about myself in 15 to 30 seconds with a patient to get them to relax and enough to trust, for them oh, yeah. to know that I'm not just going to be there to do A through Z. Um, if it mm-hmm. comes to me, Z through A and, and, and everywhere in between, that that's okay too. Um, there's so many times that we've brought patients to the ER in, in the course of my almost 18 years uh, of being a patient advocate and a provider mm-hmm. um, and, and relationships with physicians and nurses and, and, and all the uh, spectrum of healthcare. Mm-hmm. That, I've seen so many times the patient give five and six and seven more things to the physicians or the nurses. And I thought, why is that the case? And then as I pull back, you know, or peel back the onion as if it was myself and looking inwardly uh, from the outside, well, it's because I wasn't giving them my true and authentic self. And, and I wasn't making or creating an atmosphere of uh, that was psychologically safe for them. And yeah, Improv has given me those tools. And so to be able to share these gifts. And, and when I talk about sharing with people, you know, people that are quote unquote, they'll say, I was ignorant to the tools and the gifts of improv. And yeah. uh, uh, an educator that I'm friends with in Texas said, you know what? I, I listened to Eric and it still didn't make a lot of sense to me because we didn't practice things. But I do one simple thing now and it has changed 
relationships with people and it has changed my interactions with people. And she literally in some conveyance or, or another uh, without being patronizing, uh, you know, because you know how people pick up on that too, but saying mm-hmm. yes and, and, and giving people the opportunity and being truly present. And, and that's a gift by being present and giving the present to people that we're interacting with. Um, I, we're coming up on your hard stop because you have to meet with staff. Um, Dr. Smith, I, I love that you embrace gratitude. Um, you've shared gratitude with me and our opportunities to meet when, when we've had uh, or done this class is uh, an eight hour workshop for peer support teams where we've had psychologists, fire chiefs, uh, law enforcement officers, um, in the entire spectrum, dispatchers, uh, physicians. Um, I asked a psychologist one time after eight hours, I said, so what were your, what was kind of your thoughts before you got here? And she goes, well, that would mean that I would have a preconceived uh, notion of what we are going to get ourselves into. You know, and, and it, it was kind of chuckle chuckle because psychologists kind of look <laughs> at things. That they, they aren't to put any or manifest any kind of preconceived notions right. on, a, on a conversation or they try not to read a person uh, you know, before whatever happens is supposed to happen. Right. And, right. and she, and she looked at me and kind of laughed and I chuckled and she said, Eric, th- this, the way this was presented, she goes, this is counseling. And, and one of the things, and, and a lot of people are going to be aghast at that, that entire comment. And she is a board certified psychologist <laughs> at, at, at Virginia uh, medical center uh, in, in, in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, there were counselors there that say the same thing. It's about creating relationships and, and building trust and rapport and, and giving the best of yourself and adaptability and, and relationship and uh, a, a semblance of care. And I think that's the human component, you know, building that relational interaction, even if it was just in passing. Because um, the person that's in their darkest day, you're low-key moping uh, after you tore your ACL. My disengagement, you know, isolation, low key depression, um, all those different things that, that we have gone through. And those listeners out there, there are gifts and tools that we can use during improv and it does not replace, and it does not replace. I want to emphasize that again, does not replace professional help going to medical doctor, to a psychologist, a counselor, a psychiatrist, a licensed person or practitioner that can help you but for organizations that are interested for uh, emergency medical, fire, law enforcement, physicians, PA students and schools that are listening, uh, Dr. Smith and I, we, we go on the road. Um, but we'd also love to have you come to where we are. Um, I perform with the Oklahoma City uh, Improv. Dr. Smith teaches and performs at the back line in Omaha, Nebraska. We will help you also meet the organizations that are near you after we come to see you and to do a class or a workshop. Um, we're about collaboration. We, we care for one another, uh, which means, and, and we're gonna care for you because somebody's cared for us and put us in a position to say, here's a gift, here's a tool, um, shout it from the rooftops and, and take it far and wide. Because as an HCAP score went up and you started reflecting again how that happened and you came back to the only empirical uh, option that there was, it was your practicing improv and, and yeah. using the skills. Um, let me see. I, w- I want to, just before we wrap up, uh, so you, you do some uh, writing now and you've been writing almost daily, which provides you some context and perspective. And you told me earlier prior to recording a deepened understanding of how improv has benefited you and how you can continue to incorporate that and share it with people. Is there anything, so Dr. Smith, before we wrap up, that you would like to kind of put a bow on top of, or holy crap, we forgot this point, or, uh, and we've probably forgotten a lot of points um, because we didn't do this with an outline, which is why yeah. I love our conversations because right. they're just conversational, that, that they're true, authentic, real. Um, we can meet again and, 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 and do another presentation for people um, and have another conversation. But what would you like to add before we wrap up uh, and so you can get to your staff? Yeah, the so yeah, I I think there are an infinite number of things that could be said, and that is part of what's uh, 
been the joy of writing for me daily is kind of understanding these ideas and how they constantly pop up in my life and my interactions and times where I could have used the ideas of improv better and times where I did successfully use the ideas of improv uh, to great effect. And so, yeah, the, the writing has helped me kind of delve into these ideas and why they keep, keep coming up. Um, and just the, I, I think I keep coming back to uh, it's uh, what you said is more people become more themselves. I've seen it on uh, multiple different uh, people uh, the online expressing that improv helped them be themselves. And uh, it's not changing who you are. It's revealing uh, things that are already within you um, and that, uh, you're capable of that doesn't, if you're an introvert, when you start improv, you'll be an introvert when you're done with improv, uh, training. And it's just been, uh, a kind of a backdoor, uh, entryway into exploring these ideas within myself that, um, I am so grateful, uh, for what it's brought to me and the ideas it's exposed me to, and, uh, especially the, the people. Um, so, uh, getting to have these conversations with you, Eric, has been absolutely wonderful. And I learned so much uh, just from a content perspective from you. And then uh, your enthusiasm is so infectious and kind of keeps me, keeps me going. So I'm, I'm very thankful and happy. And that's probably the, the most important part for me. My heart, my heart's warmed. And, and you said joy, uh, if not three, but five or six times uh, in yeah. our about an hour. Uh, one of the things that when when somebody asked me a very similar question that you just got done answering uh, was, you know, we we have trauma, you know, hurt people hurt people. And when we have cumulative trauma and it's unaddressed cumulative trauma, where we call it past trauma, it's it's truly in our present because it, the, the effects of the trauma are manifest in our actions, behaviors, our language, our interactions, right? Um, yeah. So for me, improv has been an amazing tool to get, I could go to tears, I'm sorry. To be the most authentic me and uh, accepting those things that I can't accept, uh, but, but I had to go through the consequences of actions and behaviors and that's okay too, because that is yeah. the normalcy of life, right? Um, yeah. To get to the point of where you could be happy and sad at the same time. Yeah, and and yeah. to combat the sadness and the and and the overarching and overwhelming uh, sadness, which turns into depression and and, and other uh, debilitating uh, things that humans go through, I thought, what a better way than to build cumulative joy, to yeah. kind of uh, be the overarching presence of what we do, and that's the gift that I feel from improv. Uh, is that I get to build cumulative joy and, and be in relationship with with people like you and my and my partner Christella Carrizales and and people like Kendon Lacey um, that that uh, is the current uh, director at OKC Improv and Roger Conley and, and I mean I can go on and on and on but for the people that that want to get in touch with you uh, Dr. Smith you you're on LinkedIn I know that and it's Michael Smith common smelling of both yep. Okay. Yep. And it'll save like physician improviser, if, yep. if, I'm, if I remember correctly. And then that you're also correct. on Twitter. You are uh, at, and I'll let you say it. H Care Improv. H Care Improv. So uh, yep. that'll be Michael Smith, physician and improviser. Um, you can be uh, messaged or DM'd uh, on both of those places. Uh, yep. I'm and at, Instagram. And, and, oh, and Instagram. Okay, cool. Yep. So I'm on Instagram, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. Twitter. So we're at, at Improv Eric Twitter. Uh, also the same on Instagram. EMS Improv on Facebook. Uh, and then Eric Chase on, on LinkedIn. Uh, Dr. Smith and I do work together. We would love to uh, talk training opportunities with you and your organization from across the country. It will just have to fit our schedule. In, in some cases, Zoom uh, interactions. Are, are okay. Um, but I just want to say this before we wrap up, uh, Dr. Smith, you and I understand the power of face-to-face -face, interpersonal eye-to-eye uh, -eye communications. 
uh, where they're the most effective and, and they also bring the most energy from people. And we know that science psychology um, shows us that these to be empirical truths, not just feel good, wishy-washy, you know, right. um, re re religious uh, falsities and uh, that say, you know, if you do this, you're going to get this type thing. Uh, right. we, we do know through science and psychology that being face-to-face, -face, having interactions with people, laughing and smiling and, and sharing your, your authentic self, you will be happier. You will have better interactions with people uh, and, and so on and so forth. So ladies and gentlemen, I have been with Michael Smith, physician and improviser on the MS Improv podcast, where we engage, where we are mindful, where we heard him share and tell his stories. And we are powered by GEMS. The Journal of Emergency Medicine is powering us, ladies and gentlemen. So my name is Eric Chase. I've been with Dr. Smith. Thank you very much for your time, your energy, your efforts. Uh, looking forward to continuing to grow our relationship and, and working together. Um, as we sign off, Dr. Smith, any, any, any last words? Uh, no, just thanks. This is, uh, this is really great, as always, when uh, I get to talk to you. So I'm, uh, I'm very thankful. All right. Have a great day. Um, I look forward to talking with you soon so we can set up our, uh, our presentation and uh, other presentations as, as people reach out to us. Take care, Dr. Smith. Thanks so much, Eric.